My name is Jeremy Kirkland, and this is Blamo. My guest this week is the designer Willie Norris. She's known for her eponymous workshop and is also the design director of the New York brand Outlier. Willie and I discuss the importance of humor in design, designing for a community, and rethinking what a clothing brand should be. This was a very special episode, and I'm so glad I got to chat with her. Let's go. Willie, thank you. Of course. Thank you for having me. This is, this is a, a huge honor because I feel like, I don't know, like usually I'm always, I'm always behind on all like the cool stuff. And this time <laughs> I finally am like, oh man, like Willie Norris is huge, is the future of what clothing design is. I mean, I mean, and so I'm so honored and privileged to chat with you. Like this is, this is really special. Thank you. Of course. Thank you for having me on. I listened to um, a decent amount of your of it before oh, just no. to, you know yeah so no, I, had to, I had to cute i had to cute not not a decent amount but you know a couple of episodes i had to um i had to qc to make sure you know oh, okay uh but i i listened to the perfume genius one um oh and, i mean he's i i love him i'm a huge fan um, yeah mike chris, was awesome chris black one too. oh okay yeah chris cc i good. hate when people talk about tennis <laughs> Wait, wait, when people talk about tennis? I just hate tennis talk. I just like, because I live in Fort Greene and um, that is like a culture, like a tennis is a, is a culture there. Um, and uh-huh. there's a whole like little hidden world of like, you have to sign up for the, the tennis courts at a certain time in the morning. And it's just always what I hear people talking about in coffee line, in the coffee line. Um, Excuse so, me while I throw out all I, of my notes right now because yeah, exactly. I got to hear more about some of this tennis stuff. So I I used to live on Cumberland, um, in Lafayette. Um, so I mean I lived there for, geez I don't know, twelve years, um, and um, that was that was a good vibe. But the the tennis thing was new. Like I feel like it's only in the past few years people have gotten really into tennis. And, 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 um, COVID, I think, I think helped a lot. Um, I, I mean, I really love it actually. It gives me something to like complain about, you know what I mean? Right. Right. Um, and I love that and I live right on the park. So it's, it's like, and I see people, you know, uh, so it's like you and Jeffrey Wright just hanging out. It's it. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's it. It's just, (laughs) we, we play tennis together actually. No, I'm just kidding. I don't play tennis. <laughs> um, so are you are you hitting up bittersweet then? Oh my god, yeah, that's the coffee line that I'm talking about. And it's it's uh it's like so ridiculous that line, but like somehow for some godforsaken reason, I like standing in it. <laughs> it well, it's good because there's the dogs. Like you, you, you yeah. say hi to the dogs, you I know. Counted 13 the other morning. Yeah. 13 it, dogs in line for those fucking dog treats. Yeah. I probably have spent a couple thousand dollars on those dog treats over the course of my time there with my dog. Cause you'd go there and you mm-hmm. get a bunch of dog treats and then you get more and then the other dogs are happy. And then because at least when you're living in New York at the time, like you have to go for a walk sometime in the middle of the day to clear your head, which means mm-hmm. go back to the coffee shop, which also mm-hmm. means walk the dog, which means buy exactly. another coffee treat. Mm-hmm. Do you have any it's pets? A vicious cycle. Um, no, I really want uh, an. <laughs> this is 
silly, but I really want an ant farm. Um, okay. Yeah. Go on. And yeah, no, I really want to get, I love ants and like, I love how like, like bugs think like, like hive mind. I love like reading about bugs and like termites and like how they like, how they, how they communicate with each other. It's just so different than humans. Um, there's so many books on this, by the way, that it's like, that is super fascinating. Um, that's what I want for my pet is a, is an ant farm. Cause I don't want to get termites because that would, that seems weird um, to yeah. have in an apartment. Um, that seems a little strange, Yeah, uh, but ant farms are vetted. You know, they've been around for a long time. Like no like disasters have ever happened because like someone spilled their ant farm. <laughs> <laughs> So I want an ant farm in my house. Um, I also want a cat, but you know, I we're we're taking it slow. Baby steps. Baby steps. Yeah, I I hear you. Pets pets are a big deal. We had we had our dog for like twelve years, something like that. Best thing ever. But then it was like it was like a kid, and you know, she sadly had to to walk on to to yeah, yeah. big bone in the sky. And to this day, we we have these fucking. Google homes around our house with like little pictures uh-huh. and like, I mean, we basically used to set a kitchen timer. Right. Yeah. And it just shows pictures of her all the time. And so there'll be like weird times throughout the day when, <laughs> when like my wife and I will like pass each other in the hallway and like one of us will be crying. I'll be like, well, what's going on? It's like, I, I just saw, I just saw some photos of Peggy and you're like, yeah. Okay. Oh, her name's Peggy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it was Peggy. Oh my God. That's so cute. I want to, when I'm getting my next, my cat in the future, cause it's coming. Um, her name's going to be pig. Ooh. Yeah. Very into this. Very yeah. into this. Yeah. Peggy was one of the few animals that was banned from the Fort green farmer's market because she jumped off of that retaining wall from the park. at the <gasps> showers onto one of those bread carts. Cause you know, like the, the wall and, and where like someone's bread cart would be is actually like the same Hype. exactly yes. yeah and so she just like ran on and she like saw this bread and was like yo like i'll fuck with this jumps over onto that thing starts like batting and going to town on like all these loaves it wasn't was it a she wolf no it wasn't no, she wolf. okay That's i was like i feel like you would have been like banished <laughs> i think it was like the amy's or something like that okay or but anyway it was about like a hundred some odd bucks worth of worth of uh bread that i Did had you- to pay yeah. So, whoa so they like tallied up the bread and they were well, like I, yeah i insisted because i felt like such an asshole because these people wanted it and my dog basically like kicked it or you know took a bite out of all this bread um you know whoa oh my god the girl after my own heart <laughs> <laughs> that's how i'm trying to be in pork green <laughs> yeah anyway uh i want i wanted to talk to you a ton about like some of your design and clothing stuff and hear a little bit more about your journey because I think you're one of the few people who has successfully totally like like gutted a brand mm-hmm. but didn't lose the original like soul of the brand, specifically Outlier, and mm-hmm. has like reinvented it into where like because my initial experience with Outlier yep. is and I've even had like, you know, some of the, the outlier folks on on the, the on the pod over the years, like it was kind of Silicon Valley, which probably sounds like a derogatory term, um, gray performance sort of vibe, monotone, and it was basically sold by 
dudes that um would be really into crypto right now like like the, the, yes yeah that that was the vibe and i know that you had worked there for a few years mm-hmm. so like first how did you get into the outlier world so i had become aware of them at a, my previous job that i was working at um which was i was a designer at a, a women's wear brand called maria cornejo mm-hmm. um and I saw Outlier in the in the factory, the same factory as us, and I was like, "Oh, what's this name? Like, it seems it seems kind of like a fake name. Like, <laughs> Outlier seems like kind of like a fake name for a clothing brand." Sure. And I looked at I looked it up, and I, uh, I saw I I I saw something. I was like, I something clicked. I was like, I feel like maybe in some universe we share a a sensibility mm-hmm. myself and this brand uh and that sensibility being like a you know and a a refusal not even a refusal it's just it's just a, a it's a, a turning the back to to every everything that you think should be associated with a fashion brand which includes uh you know not showing like on on season right um you know not selling the stores that's something i really wanted to escape actually was was this like felt like a barrier like selling i i i knew that i could sell the clothes myself so much better to the customer than the buyer of a store could Mm -hmm. Um, and you know and that's because i'm like very emotionally invested in what i design and I, I, people see that, you know, and they're, and they take that as a, a sign to look a little bit closer. Yeah. And I admired their really, that they, they had that better than anyone that I was seeing this really close human connection with, with a client. Uh, And it was also, what I also really loved about it is that it was kind of somewhere in between this, uh, you know, BTC you know think like everlane and all these yeah you know, like super super basic ever like uh and then between that halfway between that and half and and you know more of a s- traditionally fashion brand you know they were doing interesting concepts that were selling directly to consumer that were not just like relying on the work that had been done before that and what i mean by that is you know these brand a lot of these dtc brands are like it's like paper entrepreneurship in my mind (laughs) can you you elaborate on that it's 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 like yes there's business happening you know there's there's money being made there's jobs being made but in my mind there's no uh it's often like we we took this thing you know this shape um this thing that's already in uh culture already and we made it better we made a better <laughs> the perfect t-shirt we made the perfect chino that like yeah. every, like this is fascinating to me um to to see how many brands that operate like this some do it really well um and to be honest i mean that was kind of the uh when i think when outlier started that was the the formula in, yeah. in a way as oh, well yeah. was like take the t-shirt you know what the, the and make it in you know, ultra fine merino wool, and um, and we still sell that T-shirt, so there's validity to it. Yeah. Um, but real risks um, are taken in terms of 
product create development creation and how we sell them and that's what i was really attracted to um yeah i mean because there was and i think this is the thing too where back then and i'm kind of talking about like i guess the early aughts mid aughts era right like you had community-based mm-hmm. clothing companies that a lot of them were kind of created off of forums and there was a lot of engagement with the designers and it was it felt like a collective and a co-op and at least at the time with with menswear specifically that was very very new and and nowadays you know it feels like big brands are trying to revert to some sort of state like that but i think the tough thing is like especially with with brands that end up being backed by VCs is you have this like, okay, you need to do 15X next year. Mm. And it just like corrupts the specifically a fashion brand because like a fashion's cool until, you know, some dickhead friend of yours wears it. And now I'm like, I can't, I can't wear this anymore because I, because you're aligning with this and you also do these things. And that's not really how I can align. And like, in a way, like that's almost toxic, but it kind of makes it, perfect because it turns into a place to belong and like the the most difficult thing and that i think you've really nailed is you didn't change that too much and but you you radically altered the product so it's like you educated the consumers in a way and inspired them in a way that like didn't really exist previously and that's no shade to anyone else at outlier i want to be very clear this is not like beat up on them but like to be able to do what you did, I think is, <laughs> I mean, for sounding like an idiot, it's like a Harvard business study. I mean, it's, it's really fascinating, especially in keeping it art and not mm-hmm. like, oh, I just slashed a supply chain issue or something like that. Like it, yeah, it's, yeah. it's incredible. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, that means a lot. I mean, my head is, is, I is constantly um, in it. You know, I've worked here for uh, like going on seven years. Um, and so I, I, the, the day of the days of looking at this brand as, from an external perspective is totally gone for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, I, I only understand it exactly how, um, I live and, and work in it. Um, so it's really nice and, and, and gratifying to hear people, uh, notice things yeah um you know because a lot people people see a lot and people don't often say a lot so it's <laughs> sometimes you uh <laughs> you know you're you're unsure if, if what you're the direction you're moving is is right or is wrong yeah definitely have made i've definitely made a decent amount of people angry uh with who has you know, it with in the, fashion exactly right? and yeah. exactly it's like you you that's the name of the game. Right. Like that's that's why I'm doing this. It's almost like that's a reward as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But so I am curious. Like, how did that? Because at least from my point of view, it looks like the evolution was almost overnight. But like, how was it when you know? Because the color palettes that you've yeah. used, I definitely mm-hmm. don't believe was was native previously. Like, how did that work within? outlier and did they just give you full authority to do whatever i mean what what was that process like it's i mean it's been a very it's really been a deeply deeply natural one Mm -hmm. um you know just growing into 
the role and into, you know, my confidence as uh, a designer and my confidence in, in directing other people what to do. Um, so let me, let me give you a little bit of, of a background. When I first started here, sure. there was, um, a, there was, uh, another designer and we worked, um, her name is Jasmine, insanely talented designer. And we worked together to design, um, the collection, separate, ob separate products from each other for about five years. Um, and, in I believe the beginning of 2020, um, ja uh, you know, it was Jasmine left. And it was just me. And then I assumed this role of design director. And that's kind of when I started putting some uh, programs into place that would allow me to kind of run the design studio how I wanted it to be run. Um, and those are, you know, like we didn't, I, and I wasn't, um, the, the crazy thing about this is like none of this ever starts as very formal you know it's mm. it's like hey let's try this oh okay what did we learn from that is let's let's do it again you know did we make the right people angry do we make the wrong people mad you know and just and just going kind of uh day by day there's never there's almost never been a a real there's never been a handover of any sort of like right. creative authority or anything you know because we do it truly together especially um like abe and myself we we um work on a lot of the like the products together especially the colors um he really uh spearheads that with um and then i you know have some advice here and there on on stuff like that um but yeah it's a it's a it's a very untraditional kind of dynamic of of designer in a in a, in a company one that i definitely carved out for myself that did not exist before and one that is not uh one that's not common <laughs> yeah and, and you meanwhile know. you had willie norris workshop which still yeah. exists but um i mean you you were making it was something along these lines of like just like i don't know it was it was stuff that when i saw i laughed at it but then i yeah. was like oh wait Am, am I allowed to laugh at it? Exactly. And I'm like, oh. yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I lean into that so hard. Um, I'm a really like humor is deeply, deeply important to me, especially as a designer. Um, you know, humor is there's, there's, uh, this is a kind of a side note, but there's a lot of shame, like shame attached to clothing and how people dress. And you, these are deep seated things, you know, like, and, and, and not even shame, but there's also like, like social mores, you know, just, you're just brought up thinking like you cannot wear a dress or you cannot. And, and the easiest way to get through these things for me has always been, um, humor to like laugh at myself a little bit and to be like, and to realize how silly it is that, uh, you know, we, we, buy into uh clothing conventions so so easily um so that's that relates the humor part that you brought up relates a lot to my like graphic sensibility in addition to kind of like the underlying reason why i'm interested in clothing in the first place like, yeah because I, I feel like it was also a way and i want to be careful with my words here because i don't want to sound like ignorant but like you made clothes that w felt like it was 
helping and amplifying LGBTQIA awareness, but mm-hmm. also clothes that like cis friends of mine wanted and were wearing. And I feel like that's a kind of a almost unheard of thing. And may, maybe it's happening more and more now, mm-hmm. but th- mm-hmm. thank, but it's because of people like yourself that are, that are, are showing that because, you know, from my perspective and I, I'm not old, but like, I don't know, I'm 36. And, um, I remember I worked in the music industry for a while and Bradford Cox of deer hunter would wear a dress on stage and people flipped out more about that than they did the show, the music. And it was, you know, and so with Willie Norris workshop, you, you created this, these clothes that became clothes that like everyone wanted to wear at, at the same time, but was also really helping further awareness and, and inclusivity with, with LGBTQIA rights. I mean, it was, I don't know. I mean, I think that's, that's, that to me is, is the thing I keep coming back to because yeah. look, you're a designer. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. But you've also become uh, a leader in this space. And I also realize that that might be, rude of me to 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 say to you because i don't want to like it's not your job to do yeah, this stuff but i think it's really cool that you're doing a good job with it um yeah my my thing i'm always just gonna uh, what i do is close in community yeah you know um and then you can also look at it in a way like i clothing community it's a clothing community and i close uh community and because that's what i that's what's um that's what's fun about you know, you gotta, you gotta keep yourself interested, right? And clothes don't change that much, right? So what else is, you know, <laughs> they can't, they don't change that radically, like overnight. So what is there else in the, in the sphere of where you're working to get interested in? And that to me, that's who is wearing my clothes, you know, that, um, and there's my favorite quote is from, uh, as it relates to fashion is there's, and Amula Meester um, said that. The God. Yeah, if your friend if your friends aren't wearing your clothes, you have a problem. And I deeply agree with that, you know, and that's why I get you know, I'm so cognizant of that, you know. Some some things stick and some things don't, you know. It's just it's not a perfect art. And uh your if your friends on their own accord want to wear it, then you're doing something correct. When did that moment happen for you? I, I can't I can't place down a moment. I can I'm placed on a couple of, of situations where sure. uh you know it's funny what oh my god, I'm going back to fucking bitter, bittersweet, but here we are again setting the stage. All right, <laughs> I love it. I love it. I was standing in line and I saw this man walk towards me and I was like, wow, he looks fucking good. And what is he wearing? And he gets closer and I'm like, wow, that's a really, like, really nice silhouette. And then he was wearing my pants that I designed for Outlier, the injected linen high darts. Yeah. And I, I saw him and I was just like, I, I, like, I got kind of like starstruck in this first second because I like really genuinely did not think that those were my pants. They got closer. And then I just got so goddamn excited that I had to tell him that I designed his pants. <laughs> <laughs> he was like with his wife and he was like, oh yeah, I think I've seen you like on Instagram or something. It's like, maybe, yeah, maybe that's it. Do you try um, to play it cool? Like, oh, I mean, these old things? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah totally, sure. totally, totally, totally. Um, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 
uh, and but and then I'll see like another example of this is I'll see people that are wearing shirt like shirts that I made in you know 2017 that uh, are almost entirely you know that's when I I hadn't really like started producing anything on any sort of scale so a lot of it was a kind of cheaply done. And uh, they'll be, they'll still have these shirts that have all the letters peeling off, you know, that, and I'm like, oh my God, I would have fucking thrown this away by now. But was it like the promote stuff or was that? um, These were like actually more like one-off t-shirts that I, uh, I would print like little um, quips on. Um, There's one, what is it? What is it for? It's like a Mountain Dew uh, sweatshirt. (laughs) It's a Mountain Dew sweatshirt. Yeah. And then um with the Mega the, Mouth Slam can. <laughs> I think it's just the logo. Okay. Um and then it says uh what does it say? On the neck it's printed it says it's like masturbation. Once you think of it, it's on. <laughs> <laughs> and I totally forgot that I made that. Um oh and, my God. and uh, she wears it all the time and it just is like so special to me that that the clothing that has value in in memories and in in a space and a time rather than just like cost of goods you know yeah yeah i mean that the this shirt i'm wearing now is 15 years old and wow. like for me that's yeah, an older yeah, shirt yeah. i mean it's an engineer garments shirt which is yeah. like it's great cuz they honestly never really change anything mm-hmm. but you know this in my mind like i like because I've said this before on the pod, so some listeners may be annoyed when I say it, but it's like, like for me, like a lot of my clothes are baseball cards and they're memories of my yeah. life into which, you know, I still have some of my Rick Owens, like my kilt, you know, that mm-hmm. I wore. And like in some of those things, it's like, I just kind of can't really get rid of it. You're not going to see me wearing the kilt and like, you know, the football jersey again, mm-hmm. but like that, like in my head, it, it's, it, there's still things that represent uh, you know, moments in my life and even in like my own journey, kind of learning who I was uh, and am, I guess, through, mm-hmm. through the clothes that I purchase. And it's, it's been, it's been fun to see the things that I come back to and the things that I just can't ever get rid of. They're uh, I call them amulets. They're like vessels to hold value. Um, yeah. I say baseball cards too. I love baseball cards. I love like collectibles like that, you know? Yeah. Oh, so good so what's currently happening with willie norris workshop because there's you know i I saw and even in the times piece you would quote it we're like you don't even mind if people start bootlegging your stuff i just like don't care i know that that (laughs) (laughs) it's it's a part of my brain like it's that i've it's a i've given up on you know it just takes up so much brain space to to worry Mm -hmm. about this and you know i i really do think that starting copying someone like starting for is a good starting place and you know if i didn't have people to copy then i would be screwed as a designer and yeah i mean it gets a little weird if people are like making like businesses exhaust <laughs> of, like a verbatim copy but sure um no i encourage i like i i encourage it do it try to do it yourself you can use it as a template i've always said that like i as as a 
brand, as a business, as a designer, whatever, what I want to be making is a template that people can see um, and see how they can utilize it themselves. So the the kind of one one liner I've I've assigned is is that I think queer entrepreneurship is a means of defense. Hmm. It's a way to protect yourself. Um, I I view like entrepreneurship as a also as a way to like break generational curses and to like move through the world uh, like a way to explore. So if it if it inspire if what I'm doing inspires anyone else to try to do something on their own that um, sustains them, then I'm go for it. Yeah, that's huge, and I think that's really. I mean, the fact that you're also recognizing that, you know, whether or not you ask for it, you're you're becoming that person, and that for a lot of people who are trying to figure out like where do I fit in, where like my you know this is what my stuff is, or this is the message that I'm trying to like put out. Does anyone want to hear it? Yeah, I mean, I, it's. Do you see yourself going more in that direction in terms of? of like mentorship or it- I, yeah. So what, what I ha- am to answer your question, like where am I going with Willie Norris workshop? It's a good, sure. it's a really good question. The, an- the answer um, is, is more of leaning into the literal name in it workshop. You no. Know? Right. I want to rethink what like a fashion brand can be. And when I say rethink and, and that, how that relates um is is to production right it's something that we don't think about a lot it's something that uh it's like literally how clothes are made and and we don't talk about how those systems of creation can be looked at in a different lens you know Mm. often often if something's assigned like queer or whatever it's like a vision it's a vision a purely visual thing Right. Um, and I want to look like, how can I actually like look at the structure, like business structure in a radically different way? Uh, and what I'm working on is kind of a, a, a brand that uh, utilizes your existing clothing and, and, and plugs them into our, ma- our secret sauce. Oh, wow. OK. Can, uh, would you be OK to, to speak about any of it more or, or? I mean, think about what what i so what i've narrowed down is why am i interested in fashion is my interest in fashion is for a couple of things but one of the main reasons is is because i think it's a really deeply effective communicator um for what people think is important right so what's not deeply important to me is making the 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 gene the most important like the the gene that everyone is going to have like they have to get their hands on the hot jean or the hot bag that's yeah. like not that's you know that's interesting to me from a product point of view and a development point of view but in the larger scale of things what's really important to me is like what are you saying with those things like are you you know i'm not i'm not trying to make commodities it's, it's like I, it's, it's a market that uh i, I can't do um and so everyone has a pair of jeans they already love, right? What are the, but someone, they still want to support a brand or they want to add more, more value to their already beloved garment. What are these ways that we can add value to your 
pre-existing clothing that also are unified enough to signal that you're wearing my brand. Oh my God, this is genius. Um, so it's like what I call it, um, this is kind of like a uh, flash, you know, you have a flash sheet from a tattoo artist. Right, right. Um, you bring in your body. I love tattoos, so and I have a lot, so that's why I, I always go to this. But you bring in your body, and they have their thing, and together you create, a, you know, a collaborative piece. You pick something they already have, they put it on you. One plus one equals three. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a it's a pure you know a pure exchange. You already know your body and now you're not buying a new body for uh for a tattoo so it's kind of similar to that sense with what i want to do with clothing it's like bring um bring it into the workshop to be to be processed that process can include you know adding um you know my branded zippers or changing the buttons or uh you know even taking two t-shirts and making um like a a bodysuit something like that uh it's 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 a a, a true col collaborative way and not in a cheesy way you know so often collaboration is like done in a is is talked about in a a woo woo kind of way you know yeah. like <laughs> ooh like we got together we did that and there's actually not a huge amount of emotional uh investment or involvement um in the collaboration especially in fashion it's like actually quite silly now to see the amount of collaborations because now it's just product. Right. Like it's literally right. just a product machine. Like I, I think we've reached peak. Like I think we have in a, in a, in a while, but like in general reached peak, you know, uh, capitalism collaboration. <laughs> um, but I saw this Fendi skims collaboration that is like supposed to happen. And it's really just, skims printed with Fendi and it's it's like there's no it's like they meet and then there's no uh, synthesis it's just okay. so it's it's for the it's for the sake of adding to a line sheet um it's always wow. gonna, like, it's always going to exist like that but I I want to turn my head uh to that just like me yeah I mean especially because there's all sorts of sustainability things around there and just the fact that like for me I really enjoy, I'll admit, like, I really enjoy buying new stuff, getting oh, gear yeah, for fall, too. getting, you know, like, I, I love it. But I also, and I recognize this is extremely privileged to say, I don't really need clothes anymore, mm -hmm. but I want to get them because it's how I want to express myself. Like, this is what happens when I don't do drugs, right? Like, mm -hmm. I, this is where I'm getting high is like, I'm getting awesome clothes and I just want to tell everyone about it. And I got really into tailoring. Mm -hmm. And at least with that, you know, I would get some other, you know, artisans mm -hmm. understanding of how bad my shoulders and posture were uh, on a Horrible. sport coat. Yeah. Right? <laughs> but I, I, you know, but to be able, I, but I don't wear that every day. You know, what I'm wearing are jeans and t-shirts. Exactly. Uh, and that is what, that's what, that's what I realize I'm good at. Yeah. Is Let jeans. me get in line, please. Yeah. It's <laughs> jeans and t-shirts because there's, they're the, they are the most universal form of of dressing now this world that we live in that's what people know that's pe what people want to put on so whereas like i feel like a lot of times that those very commonplace things get a little undervalued or you know designers don't want to work on them or whatever the, 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 yeah. 
And to me, oh my God, do you know how hard it is to design a good t-shirt? <laughs> like, it's true. Actually very, um, it's very hard. And a good t-shirt in my mind is one that uh, makes its way in, in the world. You know, it, 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 um, it says something without uh, shouting something. It makes you think, it makes you stop. Yeah. I mean, and it's cause it's true. It's like it annoys you a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I, I really love like bad t-shirts oh, yeah, in a way, too. especially like, so we had a COVID move. I moved to the Midwest and now I commute back and forth. Um, and, but out here you can get like really great bad t-shirts for next to nothing. Mm-hmm. The problem is I wear them and I wear them ironically, but I'll wear them out here and people are like, Oh yeah, like I see, like oh you, you so you, oh you have a Harley shirt, like do you, what kind of Harley do you have? And I'm like, no, I just like the shirt because it's dumb. And there and it's like they don't get it. And so like I'm I'm trying to find a way to adjust, you know, my dressing because I feel like if I was in New York, people would get it and see it and think it's good. But because I'm back here, I have to find a way to kind of tamper that <laughs> a bit. I mean, yeah, isn't that like funny to think like you? Yeah, it's 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 like a value shift, right? Like you, it's a lens shift when you go from place to place and how how clothing changes um, meaning. I mean, there's probably things that like we would wear uh, in New York that uh, people would probably think we were wearing and we and seriously wear it seriously that if we wore in a different place, people might think we were wearing it ironically. Yeah. Yeah. And these are things that we think <laughs> as like hallowed New Yorkers that are 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 good, have good taste. Um, yeah. And then you put a different group of people around the same variable that hasn't changed. Um, and suddenly uh, you're the you're the weirdo. <laughs> yeah. It's like w- when you're trying to flex when you pick your kid up from daycare. You know, it's just different than when you're walking a bittersweet. It just, it just, it's different. Anyway, we're, we're, I wanted to wrap up, but I have a bunch of bizarro questions I want to ask you. Uh, that we ask me anything. Okay. If you were making a YouTube how to video, what would the subject be? Um, it would be how to, uh, contour your nose into a state of absolute oblivion. Oh, I'm kind of there. I, I, I've also been exploring, uh, I got sent a bunch of Tom Ford men's makeup and I was Heck. like, let's go. Let's go. And I was like, I got some blemishes. Mm-hmm. Let me, let me learn some foundation. Let me, let me get these eye bags going. Mm-hmm. I'm into it. No, makeup is so fucking cool. God, it's like, it's my hobby. It's really my <laughs> hobby now. It's just, uh, I'll just zone the fuck out for two hours beating my face that's what we call beating (laughs) (laughs) have you watched uh have you watched glow up oh yeah i have oh yeah um uh yeah sometimes when i do a really good makeup i just i say ding dong to myself (laughs) (laughs) ding dong (laughs) yeah i do i give myself i'm like you ding dong really you did it (laughs) that is my wife and i watched it and it was like it's the best kind of like almost bad show because some of this stuff like especially because i i love trixie and katya and they did Mm -hmm. the like uh Mm -hmm. chicks who love to watch and when i guess it was that first season of the bad makeup job and they just kept going back to it so good oh yeah i love i love uh, yes 
Um, what was the last movie you saw that you liked? Um, it was Another Round. Oh. Um, have you heard of this? I have not. Um, it's a movie. I watched it on the plane. It is with Mads Mikkelsen, who I uh, adore. Oh, this is the, like, obsessed with drinking. <laughs> yeah, it's so cool. It's, like, it's so silly, um, but also, like, so real. You know, like, uh, I, I really I thought the dynamics of the friendships were so good. And also, he's a sick dancer. Like really? Mads does the scene at the end where he's just like fucking gal, like dancing everywhere, like doing like parkour dancing. <laughs> and like, he's so, such a good dancer. Um, what was the last album you heard that you liked? Or like, what, what's music that you put on? You woke up, you're, ha- you're in a good mood and you put this on. Or you put this on and now you're in a good mood. Um, okay, I'm, this is like so... The, the, my current state of mind is um, "Born to Die" by Lana Del Rey, like that album. Oh, I know that's like so. Um, oh, yeah, because I'm doing. I, I'm a performer as well, um, and I'm doing a, a performance of this uh, of one of her songs soon. So I'm in a very like moody Lana um, vibe. Uh, but like otherwise, what what else have I heard that I like recently? This is a really good question, and one that I want to that i want to answer honestly like what i'm really listening to is <laughs> lilith fair as well right now <laughs> oh okay yeah. uh-huh. fair. there you go um and then oh here here is the answer that i was looking for um it's uh her name is lorraine um l like apostrophe rain mm-hmm. um and she is her her recent album is called fatigue and mm. i'm absolutely infatuated with her Oh, I'll have to check that out. I, uh, a friend of mine, because I still have a bunch of friends from the music biz, they were like, go get Sirius XM and start listening to like radio shows that are like properly curated to get new music. Because I realized because of, I know I realized like all of Spotify stuff, I'm just getting whatever the algo tells me. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of like fatigued by it. You know, I'm like, Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't really care about this, whatever band. Um, What's the last thing you bought online? Yeah, it was a, an eyeliner. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was a, honestly, and this is a really funny story where it's from. <clears throat> it was from QVC. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> my mom like... is obsessed with QVC and buys things from me on there once in a while. And then I couldn't find this eyeliner anywhere else except for QVC. I wanted to reorder it. So I, I ordered it on QVC. I am waiting for some form of like, millennial disruption of qvc and i i cannot wait i cannot wait i mean we i always like to call like we we do um instagram live at outlier on tuesdays oh yeah we have new releases and i always i always like to call that um outlier qvc (laughs) it's true it's kind of qvc (laughs) um what is a movie or book that when someone mentions you feel that they understand you uh heavenly creatures what's this there you go well i guess you don't get me (laughs) i I officially am an asshole i guess that's it for this interview uh uh, damn i'll have to check it out um it's a 19 uh it's it's like based on a real uh case it's about um a relationship between two teenage girls oh Um, 
Kate my Winslet. wife loves this movie. Yeah, Peter because Peter Jackson did it. Yeah. Yep. Um, and uh, Melanie Linsky and Kate Kate Winslet. Oh damn, this looks pretty boss. Fifties. Okay, into that. Um, damn. Okay. Uh, what's the worst dad you've seen on Instagram? The worst dad. Ad. Oh. <laughs> I was, the thoughts that just went through my head. Sorry. I was like, I listen, I'm about to call out some fathers. Um, <laughs> um, oh, you know, the worst ads, I think, are, it's like a general uh, type of ad that it spans across multiple products, but it's this face mask that you put on and it basically it when it dries it makes your skin look like really disgusting and it looks like um but it looks like you're kind of wearing makeup a little bit like it looks like you have makeup on that's covering really bad acne like that's how the mask makes your face look and these ads will show like this will wipe it away right and be like oh my god look how look at what um this product will do to your face, but it's, it makes it look like there it'll fix insane, um, skin texture issues when really it's just a mask that they're wiping off. It's a textured mask that they're wiping off. Oh, damn. So you're, you're deep in like the dark web of makeup. I love, Oh yeah. It's like such a, so I see so many parallels between, um, that makeup world as as it relates to like online as i do uh with the clothing you know with with the menswear kind of like a little niche that i've found myself in oh wow do you do you see yourself ever getting into like makeup in terms of like like making it or because i feel like especially men's makeup is is popping or at least more that like people like me where like you know i'm a white cis you know but like i am getting into makeup now like i have no problem sporging on stupid aesop hand soap but now i'm like yeah i'll take a concealer let's go do i i definitely no i'm not ever interested in getting into the business part of it it's it's such a as it relates to to product right right what I really love is is the hunt. Like I've 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 identified makeup as this place that I can really get like indulgent and like uh kind of nerdy and like hunty about to try to find like the bet the the perfect pink, you know, something like that. So I love that the hunt the hunt is what uh, interests me. Um, I think that I will definitely lean more into talking about it um, and uh, maybe making content around it and making, uh, you know, making makeup part of more of my like presence. But uh, as it relates to, am I going to make products like no? Yeah, that makes sense. It seems like just such a a gargantuan licensing deal and stuff too, where it's just kind of crazy. I would rather just buy my favorite products and then put my label on it. (laughs) <laughs> maybe that's what you should do i was gonna yeah. say <laughs> and then here it is it's like buy like buy my hair products wholesale and then put my sticker on them and then that's my that's the willie norris beauty shop <laughs> that's kind of a genius idea i feel like that's like 
a Virgil Abloh like next gen reinvention sort of thing. Well, you heard it here first that that happened. <laughs> well, Willie, thank you so much for your time. I, I really, really, really appreciate this. Uh, it's been just an honor to chat with you. Uh, before we wrap, is there anything you want to add or mention that I didn't talk to you about? I mean, just like stay, uh, stay tuned, you know, more, a lot, a lot more stuff coming. And then, um, you know, I'll definitely in terms of outlier, I'm working on, uh, another collection that will be out next year sometime. Nice. Thank you. Thank you so much for this. And hopefully I'll see you around in Fort Greene sometime, maybe a bittersweet. I mean, Seriously, like I will come hang out with you in the line. Let's let's go. Like I, I'm I'm literally there in like a few weeks. So, hey, I'll be there. All right, let's. <laughs> Thank you so much. Of course. Thanks so much for listening. Our show is produced by Blamo Media. We're edited by Amar Lal, and our theme music, as always, by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. If you like what you heard, you know the drill. Share the pod with a friend. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Do the deals. Follow us on Instagram for all the hot content at Blamo Podcast. And if you want to talk to us or give us your hot take, we'd love to hear from you. The phone number is in the show notes. Leave us a message and no one will answer, but we'll put it in a future episode. Or email us at info at blamopod.com. If you want to hang and join the Blam fam, visit patreon.com forward slash Blamo, where we have tons of exclusive episodes in our amazing Slack community, where we chat about clothes, menswear, watches, you name it. All right, that's it for me. We'll see you all soon.